Welcome to the Av Youth Podcast. Here you will be able to listen to our latest messages and everything Av Youth related. We hope you enjoy today's episode. What is up, Av Youth? Oh my gosh, that was loud. How are y'all doing? Yeah? Okay, good. All right, nice. Sweet. (laughs) Starting off strong. We're good. Hope you all are doing good. Um, like Charlie said, I'm not Charlie. I'm not. I'm not the big white dude that you normally see speak up every night up here. Um, I'm a little slightly shorter white dude <laughs> that speaks. Um, but I'm so glad that you all are here today, and I'm blessed to have the opportunity to speak to you guys tonight. Uh, God has put a special word on my heart that I'm hoping will definitely touch a lot of your guys' hearts, and I just hope you guys are ready to hear it. Um, But like Charlie kind of already debriefed a little bit, I'm David. I am a student at Santiago. I'm a senior. Finally, almost done, home stretch, one last semester, just praying it all goes well. Uh, I hope you guys are having a good um, transition back to school with that being back to um, but I don't know if you guys were here yesterday or yesterday last week. Um, I see a lot of new faces, but last week was our actually start and launch of season three. Um, coming back from coming back from uh, Christmas break, but we started a brand new series, and this series was called "I Declare War," and we're going to continue that series today. This whole series, uh, its kind of main idea is declaring war on the versions of ourselves that we um, are kind of tired of being. For me personally, it's I'm tired of being my lazy self that just wants to eat Cheetos and sit in, and eat Oreos in my bed and just sleep. Because if, if it were up to me, that's all I do every single day of my life. But we can't do that. Um, but uh, last week we also had, at the very end, those slips of paper you got to take home and use as declarations and write down all those things that you want to declare war on. I hope you guys kept those. And if you would like one, I'm sure we can get one for you. Um, but with the whole idea is we're trying to declare war on that together and, and come together and, and have everybody else in your courting, corner fighting and declaring war against those things about yourself. So let's not waste any more time. Let's get into it. Uh, bow your heads, close your eyes. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank you so much for this opportunity to come up here and speak. Lord, you you put this idea on my heart months now, and uh, it, it's an honor to be able to finally come and speak it today, Lord. I hope that everybody realizes that they're here for a reason, Lord. It's not an accident that they're here. You put them here for a purpose, and you had a, a special message here for their heart, Lord. I just pray that they're they're ready to hear it and welcome you in, Lord. I hope that everything that I say are none of my words and all of yours, Lord, and glory to you. In Jesus' name, amen. So, um, it, here, if you're new here at Ab Youth, we got three pillars for you guys. The first one, I hope you hope you guys already know it. Um, first pillar is we got a saying that we like to say: "You don't have to believe." There you go, to belong. You don't have to believe to belong, meaning you don't have to believe in Jesus to come hang out with us on Wednesdays. Um, you, we are, and our ultimate goal is that you 
you will give your life to Jesus in the next coming weeks, however. Second, uh, we, we're a note-taking group. If you notice, if you look around, I see a couple notebooks out. Uh, hopefully, people on their phones are on their notes, not on Instagram. Uh, but we, we really encourage note-taking because if you're like me, if, and if you're human, it will go in one year, out the other, and you, you will get bugged that you didn't remember. So please take notes if you would like to. Uh, third is we're a talkback group. Normally when you think talk back, you think talk back to your parents, but talk back's a little bit different in youth. Talk back means you could, if you hear something that you like or hear something that resonates with you, you can shout, that's good, come on, preach it. You know, Charlie has started this whole thing of, of preach it, white boy. If, you, if that's what, that, you're cool with that, you can go with that. Mary's got the yes queen going, yeah, uh, but say whatever you would want. Um, but it, we highly encourage, yes, uh, we highly encourage uh, talking back here. But for all my note takers, the title of t- today, tonight's message is The One Who Shall Not Be Named. Yes, sweet. Um, And hopefully some of you already know where that is from. I'll get to that in a second. But I wanted to try something a bit new. Um, I've been watching a lot of sermons, and one thing that I really like is that, uh, I'm not going to label it as that, but they... It's this whole idea of, you know what, if you're going to tune out for the entire rest of the message, you don't hear anything else, but just listen to this one thing I just said. Take out your, your phone, pull out those notes, and write down this one thing that I just said if you're not going to listen to the rest of the message. And it should be up on the screens, and it's this one sentence. The devil takes no days off, so why should we? The devil takes no days off, so why should we? All right, let's get right into it. So I, I got a quick layout for you guys, one big point and then two little points going underneath it, all back and uh, trying to go back to that main message, the devil takes no days off, so why should we? But like I said earlier, the title of today's message is The One Who Shall Not Be Named, and if you guys know where that is from, I hope you do, it's from Harry Potter. Do I have any Harry Potter fans out here? Yeah? Legit, diehard Harry Potter fans? <laughs> I yeah, I heard I like the movies. I I don't want to call myself a diehard Harry Potter fan because the diehard, the true diehard Harry Potter fans, I feel like have read the books, watched the movie, and everything like that. I don't read. I haven't read the books. I've only watched the movies. I like the movies. Um, but <laughs> that's right. Uh, but one major theme that they have throughout the whole movie, if you've never seen Harry Potter before, is this bad guy named Voldemort, right? So there's this bad guy named Voldemort, and everybody's afraid of him so much that they only ref- they don't even want to say his name. They refer to him as the one who shall not be named. They're so afraid that they don't even refer to him as his name. And I feel like that's the same thing when it comes to Christianity or even the world nowadays. Is We get so afraid to even acknowledge that there's a devil. And that can be dangerous because one thing that happens when we don't do that is we forget he's there. Have you ever heard the saying or the phrase, why God? Why is God doing this in my life? Why is God doing this to the world right now? Well, the thing is, may not, it might not be God. It might be the devil. But because we put him on a back burner, it might confuse some of us and make it think it's God, but it's really the devil. So today is going to be a message where we're not afraid of bringing up the devil. We're not going to be afraid of bringing up the devil. We're going to attack him head on, and we're going to talk about how we can defend against his schemes. So that brings me to my first point, which is playground versus battleground. 
playground versus battleground. This was the thought I've had on my heart for months now, and, and, it's, and it's really resonated with me, and I feel like God has really put this on my heart, and I'm so happy to finally be able to tell it to you guys and speak it to you guys. But you might be thinking, okay, playground versus battleground, what, what are you talking about? Well, I think there's two different types of living. There's one way where you can live like a playground, and a second way where you can live like a battleground. A playground meaning you live your life the way you want to. You pick everything you want to do, you choose everything you want to do, and eventually you end up in places where you didn't meant to mean to be. You end up in places where you accidentally stumbled up upon it. It ends up hurting you. It puts you, puts you in fear. It puts you in pain. But there's a flip side. The flip side is the battleground. A battleground is the way I believe every person who fears God should live and every person who is a Christian should live. And that's acknowledging God, acknowledging the devil, and deciding to fight back against all the temptation and sin that you, you deal with every single day of our lives. But there's one story that comes to mind as soon as I start to talk about these two ways of living, and that's in 2 Samuel 11, if you guys want to turn there, if you have any of your Bibles. But just as a kind of a preface, it's about, it's about David. It's a story of David. And I love, I love history, and I'm a guy of history, so I love looking back at my, where my name really came from, at the guy that, where my name really came from. And, you know, I love most of the stories. You think of David Goliath, right? You think of David becoming a king. But this one story in particular makes me a little bit ashamed of having David as my name. So if we want to look, 2 Samuel chapter 11, verse 1, it starts saying, in the spring of the year, when kings normally go out to war, David sent Joab and the Israelite army to fight the Ammonites. They destroyed the Ammonite army and laid siege to the city of Rabbah. However, David stayed behind in Jerusalem. It's important to note there that there's a battle going on, right? So the battle, there's a legit battlefield, and as David, being the king at this moment in time, he should be out on the battlefield. But instead, he decides this one time he'll stay back home, back in Jerusalem. Uh, verse 2 says, Late one afternoon, after his midday rest, David got out of bed and was walking on the roof of the palace. As he looked out over the city, he noticed a woman of unusual beauty taking a bath. He sent someone to find out who she, uh, who she was, and he was told she is Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam and the wife of Uriah the Hittite. Then David sent messengers to get her, and, she, and when she came up to the palace, he slept with her. Uh, we'll leave it at that. But if you know the rest of the story, he ends up, he, after he sleeps with her, he ends up getting her pregnant. And as a result... As, as, a, as a human reaction, we all try to cover up our mistakes. We all try to cover up our shame. He thinks, oh, well, how am I going to get myself out of this sticky situation? I'm going to send somebody to kill Bathsheba's husband. And that's exactly what he does. He sends somebody to kill Uriah the Hittite, who was Bathsheba's husband. But in this moment in time, we see David who's supposed to be on a battlefield, and he decides to stay back in Jerusalem at home. In this moment of time, he decides to go from a life of a, of a battleground, legit battleground, to a playground. In that moment, he allows the devil 
to begin his work. You see, when we, when we choose to live a life of a playground, when we choose to do what we want rather than being where we are supposed to be or need to be, we crack the door a little bit open of life and allow the devil to sneak in. We give him just enough room to sneak in and control us because that's what he wants to do. He wants to control you. But now that we know we got to live a life of a battleground, we got to fight against the devil's schemes because, like I said earlier, he takes no days off, so why should we? But now that we know we live a life like a battleground, you might be thinking, okay, well, since the battle, how do we win? You got to want to win the battle, right? How do we win? Well, I got two quick points for you guys. Um, the first one know your enemy. Know your enemy. Is it up there? Nice. Um, so if you don't know me at all, uh, I love escape rooms. Escape rooms are my thing, and I, figured, I found them five years ago, and I've fallen in love with them ever since. Um, and recently, I got an opportunity to do an escape room with um, Charlie Aubrey, Robert, Benny G, and Reyna. I invited them to this escape room, not really thinking much of it, thinking, oh, yeah, it'll be fun with this group of people, right? And when I was looking for this escape room, I, I saw this one escape room that I've done the, of a place that I've done before, and it said specifically, this room is scary. But I've done a scary room before. I wasn't thinking much of it. I've gone to all the haunted houses. I've done, I've done the not scary farm thing. I've watched scary movies, so I didn't think much of it. But little did I know I was doing possibly the scariest thing I've ever done in my life. I was getting, I, didn't, I had no idea what I was getting ourselves into, so much to where Rob felt like he was going to die. <laughs> All of us felt like we were going to die. <laughs> so basically, this escape room, if you, want it, if you really want me to go into detail about it, come ask me after service. I just don't have enough time to do it. I could talk about it for hours. But basically, this escape room is about with somebody in it, with a character, somebody dressed up, inside the escape room with you, which I've never done before. The, the scary escape room I did before, it was a creepy red room, whatever, but I never felt threatened the entire time. This time, I was freaked out. The character was supposedly deaf. He was playing a deaf guy, so we had to be silent. So the whole time, as we're trying to do puzzles, trying to talk to each other, we have to either whisper or write things to each other. So on top of this, this whole scary room already, there's a guy in there with us. We have to be quiet, and we are fearing for our lives. But little did I know that this wasn't the worst part yet. We finished the escape room. It was about an hour. We finished the escape room, and I, I went on with my, we went on with our day, and I thought everything would be over by then, but not, the worst part had not come. For the next couple days, I couldn't sleep. And for the next couple of days, I let this whole idea of an escape room control my mind. I was so freaked out that I felt like someone was watching me for the next two days. And you, I, the best way I like to describe it is when you guys were little, did you ever do the thing where you uh, thought that if you get, as long as I get under the covers, I get my head under the covers, the monster can't get me? You shut off the light, you sprint, you jump into the bed, you put your covers over you, and as long as the covers are over you, you're safe. That's what I feel like. I was sprinting, to, sprinting to, to wall lights, making sure every light is on. I was making sure I wasn't alone in rooms as much as possible. And I felt like a little kid again. 
But the whole point is, is I was letting this escape room control the way I lived, letting this escape room control my mind and control my thoughts for the next two days. And you see, that's what the devil wants to do to you. He wants to get into your thoughts. He wants to get into your head. and He wants to control you. See, I was curious. Uh, shout out to Charlie Carr. Great Devo, by the way. I felt like I, my job was already over. I didn't even need to come up and speak after that. But he decided, he was like, you know what? You should look up the word devil and just see what it means and kind of see what kind of uh, rabbit hole it takes you down. And I look up, and I found a Greek definition. The Greek word is diabolin. And it legit means to slander and to attack. You see, the devil wants to legit slander and attack you. His, his name legit means to attack. All he wants to, he doesn't want to be your friend. He doesn't want to come next to you and, and lead you in the right way. He wants to attack you. It's, he wants you to bring you away from God. And he wants to control you and reign over your life. And that's why it's so important to know our enemy. In 1 Peter it kind of drills in this idea. Um, I'm not going to give you enough time to, to read it, but uh, just put it down if you want. First Peter 5, 8 says, Stay alert. Watch out for the, your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for somebody to devour. See, all he needs is that little crack in the door of your life when we turn to that playground lifestyle to devour you, to control you, and to get into your head. So we can't allow us to turn to that playground lifestyle, but instead to stay on alert and be in that battleground. All he wants to do is to push you, push you further into places you didn't want to be, didn't expect to be, and the next thing you know it, you're in, you're delving sin. Have you ever heard the words, just one more, just one more, just one more drink, just one more puff, just one more, just one more hit, for me personally, just one more Cheeto, just one more brownie. You should know the end of the story. It's never just one more. It goes on and on and on and on and on until you're in a place where you know you shouldn't have been. And you know you shouldn't have had one more in the first place. You see, the devil loves that phrase. As soon as you say just one more, that means you know you shouldn't be doing it. You know you shouldn't be doing it in the first place, but you want to. Your human side is coming out and saying, you know what, I want to do it. But as long as I only do it one time, it's not that bad. The devil loves that. Because as soon as you say that, you're opening the door for him to come and push you further and push you further and push you further into sin. Push you further into places you didn't want to be. Just like David. David just said, you know what, this just, just one time, I'm not going to go to battle. Just this one time. I've gone to battle with you guys. All of you guys are my ride or dies, but just, just this one time, let me enjoy my luxuries as king. So he stays home at the palace. And then devil pushes him more, pushes him more, pushes him more. And then he sees Bathsheba. Pushes him more, pushes him more, and then he calls Bathsheba up to his room. Pushes him more, pushes him more, then he sleeps with her. Then he finds out that she's pregnant. Pushes him more, and then he kills her husband. You see... When we open that crack up for the devil, when we let our guard down for just a second, it could lead us into things that affect our life for the rest of our life, give us that guilty conscience for the rest of our life, and bring up things that we can never get away, take away and we're guilty of. My, my last point, 
is get the high ground. Get the high ground. So if you guys know anything about battle or war, people try to get the high ground. High ground wins. If you played Fortnite, you should know high ground wins. <laughs> but I kind of want to look back at, I brought up Harry Potter earlier, and I wanted to bring that back up. You see, Harry Potter, right, he figured out the high ground. They figured out the high ground. This whole movie, they're all afraid. They're extremely afraid of the devil, or the Voldemort. So afraid that they won't even bring up his name. Except Harry, Hermione, and Ron. They knew what they needed to do. They knew that this guy has been a menace to us throughout all these however many movies there are. But they figured it out. They figured out their high ground. They decided they have no, nothing to fear anymore. They decided, you know what? I don't need to fear your Voldemort. I don't need to fear death. I don't care what happens. I just need to take you down. And you see, that's our high ground. Fear controls us. If we allow fear in the hands of the devil, he will allow us to become more afraid. He will allow us to go deeper in our pain. He will allow us to go deeper in our sin. But if we give our fear in the hands of God, it will lead us to victory. Let's redefine our sin. Let's not, sorry, let's redefine our fear. You see, fear, you think of as something being scary, being afraid, right? But in the Bible, it talks about something of fear of God. And that's not being afraid of God. That's not, that's not because God is scary. It's being in reverence and being, res uh, being respectful to God, being in awe of his almighty power. So let's shift our fear. Let's turn it away from being afraid of everything in this world, being afraid of belonging, being afraid of being not accepted, and let's turn it to fearing God because God will change that to victory. I don't know if you guys know me or not. I, I don't know if you guys know my testimony. But I grew up in a Christian household. Uh, my parents are Christian. I grew up uh, going to Christian school for the longest time. I knew everything. I knew all the morals. I knew everything um, uh, that we believed in. I just really didn't know why. And there wasn't much faith backbone behind it. There, I, I didn't have a sturdy foundation. And I ended up going to public school. And I realized that I didn't really understand the world for what it was. I was coddled so much throughout my whole life that I didn't understand that the world was full of lies, was full of fear, was full of influence from the devil, and was full of sin. I had no clue. And that shocked me. That kind of rattled me a little bit. And it kind of made me kind of made me think, rethink everything. Do I really believe in this? Do I really believe that there is a God out there? I had no I it wasn't my choice. I was forced into that by my parents. And kind of be, me being a rebellious kid, I decided to delve into everything of this world. I started partying started going out with the wrong crowds. And that ended up making me fearful of everything, fear the future, fear my anxiety, fear what's going to happen. And that drove me further and further into depression and ended up 
making me have suicidal thoughts. I thought that this world was worse off than being dead. I thought no one was there for me. I was afraid of speaking up. I was afraid of my own little bubble that I was in now. And I thought that God was too, I was too far gone from God for him to really even hear me anymore. And it wasn't until I started coming here that I really realized that that's all a lie. See, everything that culture tries to tell you is a lie. You got to be careful with what you hear and all the outside voices. Ever since I started serving here, my whole mindset changed. Everything started to flip. I started to realize that everyone's broken. Just because I was feeling this way doesn't mean that I am worse off than anybody else. We are all sinners. We're all wicked at the heart. That is why Jesus is so important. God sent his only son, showed the greatest demonstration of love possible by sending his son down and dying a death that you and me deserve. We're all sinners. We don't deserve a great life. But Jesus, the perfect God-human combo, died in that place for you and I. Took on that suffering that we deserve. You see, we can keep going through, through life like a playground. We can keep on taking battles and battles and battles as much as we want. But we'll never win. We'll always fall. Will always call come short. That's why we need God. That's why we need Jesus. Because Jesus has already conquered death. He is our victory. And him in our corner, he can win anything through us. But alone, we'll just continue to fall and fall and fall and fall. So I don't know where you're at. I don't know if you have a similar story to me at all. I don't know where you're at currently right now. I don't know how mentally you, you feel. I don't, know how I don't know how your situation is at home. But, but, but I hope that you find family here. I hope that you find home here and realize that Jesus, Jesus wants to come into your life. That feeling that you might be feeling right now, that tug on your heart that you might be feeling right now, that's not an accident. You're not feeling that just because you're cold. God is knocking at your heart right now. Just like he was to me back when I started coming to this church. But will you answer? Or will you decide to keep on taking battles on by yourself and seeing yourself fall over and over and over again? Let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank you so much for this opportunity to come share this message you put on my heart, Lord. I heard, I, I hope that this message reached the people that you wanted it to reach, Lord, and I hope that everybody realizes that they were here for a reason. Lord, I'm not special for coming up here. You didn't put me up here because I have any more special ability than anybody else sitting here right now. You actually put me up here because I'm just like everybody else. We're all sinners. So, Lord, 
I hope that you realize, I hope that you make them realize that you can change their heart, you can change their life just like you changed mine. I hope that they listen to that tug on their heart. I hope that they're feeling any fear, any anxiety, any depression that they come and talk to one of our leaders. Come to talk to somebody that cares for them. And I hope that as these weeks go on, that we all continue to decide to declare war on those versions of ourselves that we're tired of. We declare war on the devil and his schemes. And that we continue to battle with you in our corner, Lord. So I pray that if you don't have Jesus in your corner right now to battle with you, that you listen to that knock on your heart and you let him in. And I pray that you talk to one of us. And I pray that as these weeks go by, you can just see how God can change your life and stop and help fight and win your battles for you. In Jesus' name, amen.